not not physically as you can see <laughs> but in the spirit in the spirit so important and I'm super excited as Pastor Jacob the man that holds everything together I know I look like the bossy one but he holds everything together we love him and we welcome him put your hands together for Pastor Jacob all right I just second what Mel just said she does look like the boss <laughs> No, about this uh, this series have just been such. I, I've just been so challenged and re- like I, I, what I really feel is like a lot of stuff that sort of been rattling around has just been consolidated. The, the, a lot of the ideas which I've known and it just I just feel it's all almost like a lot of the pieces have come together and um, and, and and stuff just seems to make sense a bit more than it did. And uh, in the first week of this series, uh, I spoke about uh, it just about agreeing with God really uh, really it was just about uh, doing life God's way and which was let let wisdom come and wisdom is actually the the force that God used to create the world and everything in the world is wrapped around his principles and so if we do life God's way it works a lot better and that's really the essence of wisdom and and it says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God and, and I was contemplating this and really fearing God all it is is understanding he's the creator He's the Father and He's the Judge. And as we understand that He put it all together so He knows how it works and designed how it works. He's a Father who loves you. He's for you. He wants to see the best for you. And He's the Judge. He's the one we're going to have to answer to at the end of it all. And then Pastor Melissa spoke last week just amazingly about, uh, uh, about just getting on with it and getting past the basics. And, and my takeaway from last week's message was, if I don't change, I don't change profound <laughs> profound but if i don't change i don't change and uh, you know what if you don't change you don't change if nothing changes nothing changes and so which really puts the ball back in our court as much as god's there and he's the creator and he's got all the power and he's the loving father if you don't engage him engage his process we, we go nowhere and this morning uh, i want to take it uh, just a step further and we're, we're just going to talk about the fight we're going to talk about the fight. And so the scripture we're working from is Hebrews chapter uh, 6 and verse 1 in the message from verse 1 to verse 3. And we've sort of chopped it up a little bit to make it a little bit easier for us to, to just to just really just what we've done it for is just to really bring out the, the point we want to get from this passage. So come on, let us have let us leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place. God helping us will stay true to all that, but there's so much more. Let's get on with it. You can always hear the Holy Spirit as he's writing through the author who we don't know who it is of Hebrews, and you can almost hear the frustration. He's like, guys, come on, I've got so much for you. If you would just let go of that stuff, we can go so far. Because remember, he's creator. Knows the beginning from the end wrote the beginning from the end, plans the beginning. From, he knows the end. He's got this amazing plan for his father. He loves you. He wants the best for your life. And he just wants you to, who's got kids? Who understands how life, even if you don't have kids, you understand the whole principle of kids, I'm sure. <laughs> they start little and get big. Sometimes you just sit there and you're like, okay, I'm just going to a little bit open with my kids I, and this, the, the, the part where I find most frustrating is when I see bits of me in them that I know are not helpful. 
And I just want to get them and say, you will not get far in life with that. Trust me. I have got the wounds to prove that that won't take you anywhere, (laughs) that that will slow you down. It's cost me a lot to know that. Please take it for free. And this is the Holy Spirit in this passage. He's like, please take this for free. Please. I want to give this to you. Let's get on with it. But so let's, uh, let's just have a look at this. So this year, the prophetic word over this church was that it's a year of change. And so I find it quite serendipitous that this is, I, I think it's like almost like the hinge series that we've got for our year. I feel like this is a series where our church is like, and, and I just feel like God's moving us and he's shifting and shifting us, getting us to where he's want us to go, which he always does that. But I find this is a bit more of a chiropractic movement where it's like a, and you feel, oh, that clunk, but go back into place. And I really feel like God's adjusting us through this series. And, and I think this is, he, he's just bringing us back to that original prophetic word. This is a year of change. And if you don't change, you don't change. If nothing changes, nothing changes. And when we're interacting with God as Father, we're understanding that he's got so much more for us. And, some, and then what starts to happen is we start to catch it. You start to catch that God's got things for you. And it's like this sense that there's something great in it, that, that God has something amazing for our lives. We have this, this sort of just vague feeling of this discomfort that there's something more for us. And then every now and again, we'll actually get a glimpse of it. We'll see it. And then we're like, oh, it's just, okay, I, I've got, I might not have the clarity of the exact thing, but I've got the ballpark and it's like, but it's that way. And I get, and you know, we've we sort of got a prophetic unction of, of, of what it is. And sometimes it's zero clarity, but we know there's more and it's sort of that way. And, and, but that's cool. That's all you need to know that that'll do. So go that way. And so we're there and we've got this thing and then we're like, but <laughs> then we come up against challenges. And we're like, what's going on? God, you've you got this call for my life, this destiny that you've put for me. And now I've got opposition. Maybe it's not, maybe I didn't hear from God. Maybe, the, maybe uh, God did call me, but I don't have the goods. Maybe just life has come up and interrupted it and too bad for me. But that's not how life works. The, there's two remarkable young guys. Well, they, you know, we read through the Bible and they become old guys. That's how sort of life works. But it, we, 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 encounter, we first encounter them in the Bible as young guys. There's a guy called uh, David and a guy called Joseph. And Joseph was mentioned first, so we'll start with him. He had this sense, this sense of destiny. He had this sense that God had called him to, to be a leader. God had called him to do amazing things. And the problem was, as he was... You know, he, he was in an influential family. He was doing quite well for himself, but there certainly was a cap on what he could do in his life. And he was, but in the, the, the biggest limitation on his life was his position in the family. He was one of the younger children. And which sort of, you know, it, in um, Middle East, you know, ancient Middle East, the, the priority, like the hierarchy was oldest, second oldest, it's like that, is your level of importance and your level of promotion. And, and he's way down the, the totem pole. And, and, but he's got this sense that he's going to lead his family. He's got this sense that, that he's meant for something more. And then he tells everybody, not always the best thing to do, especially when it's like, hey, I'm going to be your boss. I'm like, mm, okay. I'm going to tell you what to do. Yeah, I'm going to be heaps. <laughs> like, so maybe don't do it that way. Sometimes a little bit of tact is good. We use faith and we release faith out of our mouth, but there also can be some wisdom with the faith. And 
And then he gets this, so he starts his, he's got this dream, and then what happens is he goes out, and his brothers throw him in a hole. They throw him in a hole. And I've been thrown in a hole by my brothers before. This wasn't one of those holes. When I was a kid, you know, kids have cubby houses and we do things to each other. And this, this wasn't one of those situations. This was a, a well and he was thrown down it and then he was sold. They, they actually threw him down there to kill him. That was the original plan. And then instead of that, they sold him into slavery. And then as a slave, he's doing all the right stuff. Then he, he got sent to prison. And then... Just years went by. This guy, just years were going by. This young guy, so much potential. The call of God on his life, he knew it. He was going after it. He's pursuing it. The scripture talks about his faithfulness, his integrity, how, how, how well he applied. He just, and he just got worse and worse and worse. And time just kept going until one day he was promoted and he actually experienced that outcome that he felt on his heart originally. And... There's this guy, David, very similar situation. He, again, was, was right down the bottom of the totem pole of the family. When a, pre, a, a prophet come to his father's house and said, hey, I've got some cool stuff I want to do with your family. And the dad's like, yeah, awesome, let's have a party. And they're doing it. And then, then the prophet's like, hey, there's one kid in particular that I want to bless. There's one kid in particular that, that I, there's a sense of destiny. There's something really amazing about him. He goes through all the kids. I can't even see him. Though. The dad's like, oh. No, I don't know. No, sure. and then the prof, the prophet's like, "Any more kids?" He said, "Well, there is David. He, he, this is a full Cinderella situation. This kid wasn't invited to the ball, and 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 the prophet's like, and so he's totally rejected, outcast in the field. He comes in, and the prophet says, he's, he's the guy." And then David. He pours oil on him and says, you are the next king of Israel. You're the next boss of this whole land. You're the one who favor is put on influence, power, wealth. Everything is just, just going to come through your life and you're going to lead our country, a godly man, and you're going to just do amazing things for, for your people. And it's just this tremendous, and, and, and he can just imagine it coming alive in his heart. And then he goes back to the field. And then the next thing is he goes to the palace, but not as the king. He goes as a helper. His job is a muso. To all you musos, he's, he's, that was you. He was like up there as you're part of the band. Except this guy was in an unhealthy work environment where the boss would try to spear him when he was unhappy. He would try to throw a spear at him. Do you think you've got a bad work situation? Until your boss tries to drive a spear through you, maybe it wasn't as bad as this guy. And then what happens is he, he's still between that job and his job back at home and uh, working in the field as an outcast in the family. When the family and the brothers are off getting promoted and they've got exciting jobs, he's still back, like not even counted. And then, and then it comes a situation where he just does something remarkable. And as a young guy, a lot of us will know the story of David and Goliath. And this, as a young man, he, he slays the giant and the giant goes down and you think David's life would go up. And it does to a point until this psycho king that he was working for, again, decides he's a problem. And now he's got a contract put out on his life, a government contract, and he's on the run. For years he's on the run. And he talks about, the scriptures show us that where he's hiding in caves and living in foreign countries where other kings are trying to get him. He's got this hot, hectic, hectic, hectic situation, but he's still got the call on his life. And you just can only imagine what is going on here. And we just read story after story of opposition after opposition after battle after battle that this guy has to go through before he gets, finally a time comes and it's just boom. Now you get the throne. 
And this is the, this journey, and we're like, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I don't know if I want my call that bad. Yeah, I know. That, that's right. That, that's right. That, 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 that's right. Do you want it bad enough? Problem is, this is where the problem kicks in. Hallelujah. The call wants you. The call wants you. Because remember, creator, father. The father wants what's best for his kids. And he knows what's best for his kids is that you fulfill the call on your life. That you step up into what he has put on your life. That you've got things to give creation. You know, the scripture says that, that we're, we're heirs of Abraham. And the, part of the promise of Abraham is that the whole earth will be blessed through you. Through you. There are things that only you can deliver the whole earth. And God knows it's best for his kids that you do that. And you're one of his kids. And one of the best things you can do is to do that. So we've got this frustration where even though we might not want to pursue the call, the call's pursuing us. We, rang a, we, we sang a song where it says that your goodness is chasing me. And really that's hinging from a passage in Psalm in, in verse 23 written by David. So you've got to really understand this guy. And, he, and at the very end of Psalm 23, a lot of us will know it. It's probably the most famous psalm that there is. You know, it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. But it finishes like this. It says, surely your goodness and mercy or your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. But you've got to remember, David was a soldier. David was a hunter. David was an outdoorsman. And this word follow wasn't like talking about how the little lambs follow them. It wasn't talking about that. He's talking about the way he would follow an enemy, the way he would follow a wild animal. He's like, oh, that word follow is talk- it's an aggressive hunting term. He says, your goodness is hunting me down. So when we're singing, your goodness is following us, it's not following you like, you know, your nice little puppy. This is following you like a lion wanting to eat you. So we've got this tension where we've got a future in front of us that we might not want to pay the price to get to, but behind us we've got a beast chasing you down, which we don't want to get, which won't let you just, just sit, sit just static. And we're at the point, well, got the discomfort of moving forward or the discomfort of getting eaten up behind and we're at this place where what is going on I just want this I just want to be in the palace now give me the palace and I have to tell you and be in the interest of total transparency as you would hope your pastor would be reasonably truthful I am the king of give it to me now I want it now and I don't want to pay for it like people talk about the, uh, you know, the, the microwave credit card sort of mindset. Yeah, no, microwave takes too long. Credit card, you've got to pay it back. <laughs> Just give it to me now for free. <laughs> and, 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 but that's not how it works. It doesn't work like that. The scripture says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and violent men take it by force. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but violent men take it by force in what it means is that this isn't going to be free. You have to go after it. But you might as well go after it because it's coming after you. So we got, uh, this is something that Pastor Malcolm really drilled into me very early in my ministry was we can have the suffer, we suffer the, the, the discomfort uh, of, uh, of discipline, the pain of discipline or the pain of disappointment. And there are options. There are options. The pain of discipline or the pain of disappointment. And, and I just want to show you a couple of scriptures here. So the, this passage that I really worked from in the first week, we talked about just doing things God's way. And 
And we use a scripture about the, uh, a wise man building his house upon a firm foundation. And he says that the guy that does that is, is a person who hears these words of mine, Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts him into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. We got this word from God, this sense from God. And then we do the right thing and then problems start to happen and we're like, what's going on? Didn't I hear from God? And Mark chapter 10 says this. He says, then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sister, sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. And Matthew 13 says this, 13 chapter 2 says this, A seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and receives it with joy. But since they have no root... They last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall quickly away. So we've got these three scriptures. One of them is saying that a wise person is like someone who builds a house on a firm foundation and then a storm comes. The next one is saying we live sacrificially and God honors it with abundance and persecution comes. The third one is saying that some people are like, hear the word of God, and then persecution comes because of the word, and they fall away. So we're at this point where it's like, well, hang on, every single one of these things are saying the same thing. What's it saying? Life is going to happen to you. Problems are going to come, not just your standard problems, extra problems. You get extra problems if you've got a purpose. Who wants some extra problems? Yeah, not me either. But if you want to go forward, you're going to get them. But can I tell you, if you don't go forward, you get extra problems. They just come from behind rather than the ones we face. So we're at this point here where <laughs> in, the, in the parable that Jesus told about the house, it's, he's just talking about the house and the building and he says, then the storm came and beat up against the house and yada, yada. He doesn't say if, it's just then. It's, like it's going to happen. Next one was this amazing abundance is going to come, but with it, persecution is going to come. You're going to have opposition. You want the abundance. You want the breakthrough of life. You want the amazing thing that God, yeah, yeah, you're going to have to fight for it because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and only violent men will take it by force. Only violent men will access it. Violent people, well, the only ones that are going to access it are the ones that are going to fight for it because it's there, but you have to go get it. And the final one, so it says, when the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Who's that? Hey, that's you and me. We hear the word and we're like, hey, it touched my heart, comes into my heart. Yes, Jesus, I believe that you've got a plan for my life. I believe that you for me. I believe that you are creator. I believe that you are father. I believe that you are judge. I'm here. It says, then persecution comes because of the word. The persecution actually attacks the word. The word comes, persecution will follow it. Why? Because if it can knock you off, listen to this. But since you, they had no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. It's going to come to test you. There's a passage in Joshua which I love. I love it. It says, it says this. It says, 
actually it might be the start of Judges, the end of Joshua, start of Judges, it says this, it's like, though God left some enemies in the land because some of the people coming through hadn't yet experienced war. So God left enemies there because he wants his kids to f- learn how to fight. Like, <laughs> it's, it's part of it. It's just, our dad wants, our ki- he, our dad wants his, uh, his kids to be able to handle themselves. And so it's actually part of his blessing to us is the victory. Part of the, see, sometimes you get stuff given to you and you don't appreciate it. It means not, you, don't even realize it was a, you don't even realize it was a special thing. And if you, sometimes you actually to go after something and earn, f- work hard for it and fight for it. Yeah, you see the grace of God. Yes, you see miracle after miracle and you, n- nights on your knees, nights, tears, prayer. Am I going to quit? Am I going to make it? You can only imagine what uh, Joseph and David went through in their caves, in their prisons. And then one day it's just, they brought pop through and they're, out there, they're in the place and it's just like, you know what? Here stands a man. Here stands a mature person. Here stands somebody who's grown up. And that's what God's calling us to. He's calling us to operate. And <laughs> so I'm like, give it to me now. But God's like, you're not ready for it now. I have to give you the process to get you ready. I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. It's actually yours. It's actually yours already. It's like I've got a young guy and a family business. And I'm like, hey, you're going to take over this business for me. But he's 14 years old and he wants it. I'm like, you're not having it now. You've actually got to get to the point where I can safely step aside and let you have it and take it further than I've ever taken. And that's God with you and me. He wants it for you. He's got it for you. You know, if God's put a prophetic dream in your heart, that's actually your history written ahead of time. It's there waiting for you. The Bible talks about these things that God has stored up in heaven for you. It's there. It's yours. You can see it. You can dream it. And and you've got to engage with it. But you've got to go through the process to get it. And we're at this point where it's like, well, uh, how do I go through the process? Why do I have to have this process? And, and I think the most key maturity scripture, because that's what this series really is about, growing up, is in James chapter 1 and verse 2, where it says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, because this testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must have its work so that you may become mature, complete. What? Not lacking anything. Your dad wants you to lack nothing. But the way for you to lack nothing is by going through the process so you can be trusted with everything. Hebrews uh, puts it like this in Hebrews 13, 21 puts it like this. He's talking about saying God will will equip you with everything good for doing his will. What's that doing his will? That's that dream he put in your heart. That's God's will. That wasn't your idea. God put that in your heart. That's his will for your life. That destiny you can sense, that amazing thing, even if it's just a sense of greatness, a sense of more, a sense of reach, that's God put that in you because that's His will. It's something He wants done. And He wants you, and He said, I know He'll be perfect for that. It will be Michelle. And it says this He will equip you with everything. No student of the Greek, but I can tell you that that word in the Greek means everything. Everything good for doing his will, but he doesn't just give us that, it says this, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever, amen. Now the passage we started with is Hebrews 6, 1, verse 1 to 3, but Hebrews 6 goes on, and we hit verse 12, and it says this, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. The ones that inherit what has been promised are the ones who aren't lazy. 
Lazy people have to fight, but they're getting attacked from behind. They're fighting backwards the whole time. I, I, I know what it is to be a lazy person, and this is the fight you have. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do that. Why do I have to do that? This sucks. This sucks. I hate doing this. This is horrible. My life sucks. This is it's just always against me. Everything. That's You're fighting, man. You're, it's a f- hard fight. It's a hard fight. It will wear you down. It will drive you into depression. It will ruin your life. You will have a horrible life, but you are fighting every second of every day. I know the fight. Before I came to Christ, I used to just stay up and watch whatever show until there were no more shows on TV and then it would go, remember the fuzzy pictures? And it would just go to the television like, and then I would go to bed at whatever hour it was and I would just sleep for as long as I could. Just as long as I could, until I could sleep no more. And then I would get up and then I would just do it again. And it was just a horrible, horrible, horrible life and I remember one night, when I say night, who knows what it was really. I was time for bed. And I remember just being so sick of fighting that fight. And I said, God, if you can take me from here, if you're there, if you're real, if you can take me from here, I'll help other people not have to go through this. Remember that little apartment we had in Vic Park? I remember so clearly sitting on that, laying on that bed, just, I'm sick of this fight. I'm done with this fight. And I'd love to say it was just an instantaneous miracle and bang, here I am, super church. Hey, what can we do now to get on with my life? Super focus and in control. No, it was a process. What? A process? Yeah, remember? From the dream to the palace requires a process. And that process started that day. It was a long process. I'm still in the process. But the trick is not be lazy. Not be lazy. What did, what did Jesus, when he's telling the parable about the talents and, and, and then someone says, you've all got these amazing opportunities and you've got things that I've given you to do amazing things with and some people kicked on and did awesome. And he said, you, uh, and there was different parables where it says similar things, but basically he says, good on you, man, you've done good. Promotion, abundance, influence, the good stuff, fulfillment, joy, peace, all the good stuff. Kingdom of heaven, <laughs> Bible says this isn't a matter of eating and drinking, but it's love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. That's what is on the other side of the fight. And we're at this place where that's there. But to get there, Jesus, when, 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 he, when he said, if you guys are able to do this, I've got that for you to step into. And there was one servant who just had excuses. He just had excuses. Sound like good excuses a little bit, like I'm scared. I was too scared to do that. And in our day and age, you're not allowed to touch scared. You're not. That's like abuse of people if you say, I'm scared, and we say, do it anyway. You're like, no, seriously, you'll you'll get all sorts of, like, we'll put you on 60 minutes or, (laughs) you know, wrongful termination and all this bullying and all of these sorts of things. I'm like, I'm the last person you want to talk to if you're scared. Because I don't care. <laughs> I think, and aren't we all scared all the time? <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> and I've got another issue, which is probably psychological. <laughs> but I like doing things I'm scared of. Like, I like it. Like, you get an adrenaline rush. Cool, you pay good money for that. <laughs> and, and what Jesus said to this servant who said, I was scared, he says, you wicked, lazy servant. Get out of my sight. Take what he's got. 
give it to the one who <laughs> who's already got lots because he keep and we're at this paradox where you've got to fight either way and if you try not to fight the fight's more like now i'm bc before christ i we used to fight i find a nice way of putting it there's not a nice way of putting it we would fight in the streets and things like that and and to tell you what would happen if you stop fighting you'd be on the ground and you'd just be getting kicked and you'd be getting kicked and you'd be getting kicked and you'd be getting kicked and that's what happens if you stop fighting is that person still in the fight well technically yeah hey there's a fight happening one person's not doing much fighting but they're in the fight and that's what happens that's you that's you if you lay down your arms that's you if you say nah I don't want to go any further forward I'm done this is me here I'm good be a matter of time before you're at the place where it's like I can't do this anymore but the cool thing do you want to tell you the cool thing you read this initially and it can be sounds like a pretty depressing passage it says the seed falling Matthew 13 chapter 2 so the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word word we've got to remember the word and at once receives it with joy since they have no root they last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word so remember the fight is going to come because of the word if fight comes to attack the word the devil wants you on the floor so he can keep kicking you that's what he wants because he knows if you get up and take a hold of the word you'll kick him which is what he doesn't want when persecution comes because of the word they quickly fall away the word came to you the word has come to you if it hasn't come before right now it's coming because i'm speaking the word i know god's speaking and i know hearts are beating i know that people are just becoming awake even if and it says they receive it with joy but since they have no really it lasts only a short time but can i tell you a few other things that the bible says about the word it says this that not one sometimes the old king james cracks me up it's one jot or tittle not one jot or tittle of the word was a jot or a tittle comma or quick what, what like a comma or it's talking about a comma or a full stop not one not not one tiny piece of this word will fail to come to pass another place the prophet isaiah says he says that my word he's talking about god using he's speaking for god he's saying my word is like rain that falls from heaven and he says it does not return until it has done what i sent it out to do how does rain return to heaven? It evaporates and goes back up and goes through this. He says, my word doesn't come. It, basically, what has happened is if he's let go of it, it's still there working. If the words come into your life and your roots have gone down a shallow distance and persecutions come and you would have to be very honest with yourself and say, you know what, Jacob? Per trouble and persecution came and I fell away because my roots weren't deep. But can I tell you that the word is eternal? And, it's, and the scripture says that... that will not return until it has done that which it was sent out for and i have to tell you that the call on your life is specific to you the scripture says that god knew you before the foundation of the world it says and he planned good things for you to do and what happens with good things remember that we started at hebrews 13 god will equip you with everything good for doing his will what's that's the good things he's got for you to do so he's got this word that's been released over your life and if you're not taken up on it yet it's still there the scripture says that the calling, the gifts and call of God are without repentance. I don't care where you are today, 
what you've been through, how old you are, how young you are, if God has spoken over your life, you have not blown it bad enough, you have not blown it bad enough for that word not to come to pass. It really comes down to this, is grow up. That's what it comes down to. Stop being lazy and grow up. My paraphrase was grow up and get on with it. Well, that wasn't me, sorry. That was the author of message, uh, the message. But guys, this is a process. It's a journey of growing up. And we, we like, yeah, we stuff it. Yes, we blow it. Yeah, you want to. Joseph seemed to have done this quite well. We read his account and he's just got this spotless record, apart from opening his mouth a little early. Great record. David, just, I love this, the honesty of Scripture. He's like, he kills the wrong people. He wants to kill other people. He takes people's wives. It's just all sorts of horrible stuff, man. You ever want someone that should have no right to get there? It's him. And God's just like, nah, come on, up you get, move on. And just forgiving and gracious. But David had to keep getting up. He had to keep fighting. Some of us will look at, man, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've got 20 years walking with God. I said, well, do you? I'm not saying you haven't been saved for 20 years, but maybe you've got one year experience and you've done it 20 times. Maybe you've just done one year and you've done it 20 times. And there are people who have served God for four and five years that have passed you because they're actually taking a hold of this gospel. They're taking a hold of this kingdom and they're, taking, they're, they're being violently pursuing the call. They're violently going after what God's showing them something. Okay, God's showing me that. Doing that, doing what He showed me. Next thing, doing it. I'm hoping in our prayer for this series is that, like the author of Hebrews, as a church, we don't have to keep going over the same stuff, the finger painting. Can I, 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 I do an amount of itinerant ministry. Can I tell you the problem with that for me? Is you preach the same message quite often. And I love to open up this book. I love to find the truth in it. I love just to move on and grow further. And here's more and teach people and help them move further and further and further along. And as a preacher, it's my pleasure and my privilege to watch people grow in God, to watch people answer the call, watch people change, watch addictions drop off, watch marriages get restored, watch uh, people get healthier in their mind. You, and just watching the different things, it's, it's the, probably the biggest privilege I have as a pastor. It's the same if you're a parent, you know, it's the same. But can you imagine your kids, just the same thing over and over again. They're like, you know, 15 years old and you're still pulling their socks on for them. Still got them up on the change table. You need like a little heavy lift because they're just sitting there at the finger painting level. Yeah, you get real when you talk about a change table for them. And that's like God with us. He's saying, come on, man, get on with it. Let's get to the interesting stuff. It's like you're at the basic stuff. Like, let's get past it so we can get to the good stuff. And as a church, man, who wants to get to the good stuff? Eight of us do. Us eight. <laughs> who wants to get to the good stuff? Yeah, amen. I want to get to the good stuff. Let's pray. Lord, help us get to the good stuff. God, we repent for where we have not pursued the call in our life, where we've, through laziness, we've just stuck where we were. We've not challenged ourselves. We've tried to hold on to our fear at the same time as moving forward in faith. We've tried to protect our fear and given it more, uh, treated it as, as, as more important than your word.
Lord, right now, you know, if this is you, I just want you to stand up. And God's speaking to you. I just feel like God's saying some people have put fear ahead of faith. And they try just to protect, they'd rather protect their fear, protect that thing, whatever it is. For some of it's provision, for some of it's people's opinions. For some of it, for some of us, it's protecting our health. For some of us, protecting our sleep. For some of us, protecting our relationships. For some of it, we've got all these different things, and we're like, we worry and we're afraid that, well, if I do everything God's calling me to, that's going to fall down. And we, the fear gets more honor than the word. Lord, we repent of that. We say, sorry, God. We know that you've forgiven us. Your forgiveness is flowing. We receive it. We lay down the fear, God, and we choose to fight. We choose to fight for the call in our life. We choose to fight for the call in our church. Lord, help us to grow up. Help us to grow up, Lord God. Amen. Just while we're in this attitude of prayer, we're just going to pray for anyone here who's uh, never, you can take your seat if you want to, feel free to stand, because we're going to stand and worship again in a second anyway. But if you're here and you've never given your heart to God, and what do I mean by that? You've never actually said, hey, God, I want to follow you. If that's you, I would love to pray a really simple prayer with you. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just would invite you just to slip your hand in the air, just so I can see it. Not to embarrass anyone, just to so we can pray with you specifically. And if you're online, same thing. So we're going to pray a prayer right now as a church. And I just ask the whole church to join me. And if you're here and you've not chosen to follow God before, maybe you did a long time ago, but you'd have to be, if you're real with yourself, you say, I'm not following God now. Today's the day to come home. Just pray with me. Everyone repeat after me. Dear God. Today, I choose to follow you. Please forgive me for living life my own way. Give me your grace to grow up into everything you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you made that decision for the first time, I'd love to pray with you personally. If you're online and you've done that, we'd love to pray with you. So let us know in the comments or uh, email us and we would love to send you some resources, from, some free resources to help you on your journey. But I just think that right now, we're all going to stand as a church and, and we're going to worship. And we're just going to let the Holy Spirit speak to us about those areas we need to give to Him. And as He's chasing us down, Let's let him catch us, hey? Let's let him catch us. Cool, thanks, guys.